Bam. Oh, that is graphic. Oh. oh. That is graphic. Um, Which, okay. What is that? There it is. Ah, we're live again. One more time. All right. This is the 20th episode of the Kindness Economy podcast, <laughs> where we talk about doing business from the heart outward. That's a thing. And this week, we will be talking about perspective and maintaining <laughs> it and how, there it is, that things can look great that are terrible. Yes. And things can look terrible that are actually, that are actually pretty great. Yeah. So let's get into it. How are you? Uh, uh, that's a good question. I've been kind of just going on autopilot. And uh, I think the past week has been about letting myself be a hot mess. Um, and not be a hot mess in that I let everything go off the rails, but that I understand where I am and appreciate that I'm a hot mess and just hold myself in uh in kindness be gentle with myself um like i got up i went to the gym today and it i did not want to go but i knew it was something that was going to be good for me so i like gave myself permission to show up grumpy if that makes any sense nice no totally like you know you feel like you're doing these things that are good for you and you're obliged to show up like yes i'm gonna be like captain, i actually want to be here yeah like, like no. captain positive pants it is like not today positive i'm just gonna pants. i'm just gonna show up like however i am right now and right now i'm just sleepy and crotchety and that's gonna be fine i mean we're just gonna see how that works out sleepy and crotchety has been real yeah i mean uh, uh, the fog is not helping like yeah mm. <laughs> the 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 impetus to me for perspective was I was seeing one of my doctors and I'm dealing with my shoulder issue and I haven't been able to get into the gym. Mm -hmm. And like in general, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just getting kind of fat. It's fine. Not really, you know, don't mind it. I miss the gym. But, you know, we're going to deal with this thing. And it doesn't really bother me in a way that's shocking to people. Mm. And um, the literal... The part I said was, I mean, I love leg day as much as the next person. And, and she stops me. She's like, what do you mean? And I was like, no, I love, I love leg day. Doesn't everybody love that? And she, and she was like, no, no, everybody hates leg day. That's the thing. And I was like, yeah, that's the thing. That's why I love leg day. Why would you, that's a choice. You choose to hate leg day because everybody hates leg day. Cause you're supposed to hate leg day. Like that's, that's a choice. Why would you do something just to hate it? No, you just decide. And there's just some leftover stoicism up in our daily that's just like this is unnecessary this is a choice and the same went for burpees and these are just things that like i'm literally not even doing right now but i just want to share with the audience that like i love burpees because loving and hating the burpee is a choice and you can choose one or the other just like choose the one that feels the best because it doesn't affect the burpee directly it affects how you get to experience the burpee and how would you like to experience the burpee i would like to be filled with joy while i experience my burpees um now i'm not actually doing any burpees i'm at the like 50 seconds of planking 
oh. levels of fitness okay. right now. That's cool. That's cool. But that's, you know. This is where you are, and we accept that. I, that there's, I, there's, Isn't it precious? Isn't a, she precious? No one can see this, but there is a cat there's in a my cat. lap with its face between me. Whose face was between me and the microphone. It was a little awkward for a second. <laughs> She's like, I know what you're doing. Just like as a cat does, it just like flops on your keyboard when you're working. Like, oh, like, this is the thing that's the receiving your attention. Mm -hmm. The podcast equivalent of that is the cat will stick its face between you and the microphone. Let me insert myself right here. Uh, if you'd like to see pictures of the cat, and everybody apparently on the internet loves cats, <laughs> you can see her on my Instagram. Yes. Her name is Bessie. Hi, Bessie. Mm -hmm. You're precious. There you so, go. Oh. Uh, back to work. God yeah. damn it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I... Uh, I guess I want to just to you live. We did test the audio. Yes, we did. We made sure. We did test the audio that this everything time. was functioning. This it should time. work. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Maybe I'll check it in the break. That seems wise right now. Okay. Um, but I learned lots of things, and I had lots of good content. And um, between the podcast going badly. And I had a business meeting that I missed because my car died yesterday. Mm. Well, not like died, died, but like the battery died. Okay. And then I lose, you know, hours dealing with the Fixing battery. Fixing the battery, yeah. Which fortunately the battery was still under warranty and I got the battery replaced for free. Excellent. So that was awesome. Because batteries are a chunk of change. That's real. So that was super cool. Um, and I made content with that as well. So all of a sudden, every time something like unexpected bad happens, I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm going to document it. And it's not like I would go out of my way and contrive drama because I've seen MTV and everything that they've done since real world. I know what that looks like. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that market. I've been depressed and consumed an unreasonable amount of Jersey Shore. That happens. Sometimes that's just where you're at and I'm not mad, but that's just not my current, you know, that's not my target demographic right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm more into being real. Oh God, she's so cute. We're going to keep getting distracted by the cat. This is not good. <laughs> so, uh, just the, the, just appreciating that perspective shift on failure and that like what it does with social media is you bring the audience with you on a ride and it's not just about your failure it's about the like failure's real everybody has like a day where they get in their car and the shit don't start yep and it's just like okay well i guess you know, we're changing a tire now i guess we're fixing a battery this now. is what's happening now and you know i also made a tiktok video out of it and it performed really well because there's a new like thing that I've figured out with, with some of my random performing stuff is if you sort of do a narrative mm -hmm. of like, you know, I start with, ah, my car won't start. I have to do this and this to fix it. I wonder what will happen, you know? And then like <laughs> later on, something happens, you know? 15 second drama, I swear to God, it didn't even make sense because but I forgot the part. I left it out the thing that the other battery was under warranty and that's why I got my money back. You just Didn't jumped. matter. For sure performed better than anything else I put out yesterday. <laughs> well, I mean. And that's awesome. And it, it, it gives, gives you just any upside to hang on 
Just be like, yeah, okay, that sucked. We're going to do this and this and this, and it's going to be great. It's sort of really, it just gives you something to look forward to, and it, I love a silver lining. It's like a narrative. I'm going to run with that later. <laughs> oh, it's totally a narrative. It's totally yeah. the storytelling thing that we're supposed to be doing. Mm. But, Maybe you know. We're wired for it. But it's it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that MTV does not understand is you do not have to make up a wedding. You know, as soon as anybody that follows the drama on YouTube right now with fucking, what's his name? Who? That blonde kid. I don't know. Anyway, one of the white blonde kids. There's um, a lot of those. I know. <laughs> um, he's pretty smart as far as like social media stuff. Oh, God. Jake Paul, I think is what his name is. <clears throat> he had a total sham wedding on YouTube, like streamed a wedding. Right. Charged people $60 a head to stream fucking sham wedding. What? For what? To make the money or to? Money, attention. Okay. The usual. But like, what does that bring to society? Fuck all. Best I can tell. A story? Also, if you're paying attention, like, you can see it coming. Because mm. if you've watched MTV, and it's not like I'm mad at MTV. They're playing a game and they're winning. But if you know what MTV did to, say, Ryan Sheckler, and this is a famous skateboarding kid and is one of the, he's like one of the youngest kids to get gold in the X Games for skateboarding. So he's just really super young, super talented kid. And he had a reality show on MTV. And literally, they made him break up with his girlfriend twice to get the shot. And it's like his real life. That was his real fucking girlfriend. And he had to break up with her twice so they could get the shot. Nope. That's not what I'm not here for that. Nope. But that's how reality TV is made. And the people yes. that don't produce shows don't understand that, that that's what has to happen. Like when you're looking at a shot, anytime you're looking at a shot, that was, that was a camera that was put there on purpose. Have I gone on about being on an we, episode of Hoarders? We have talked about Hoarders, and this would be an appropriate time to talk about it. That, like, that it's it's like, just contrived. Like that, we, they, that yeah. we're given a lens. It's manufactured. But the, everything behind the lens is so deeply manufactured, it is absurd. It's manufactured, and they collect so much content, information, data, footage. And the story that's told is inevitable. Like, I have yet to see a story told that's what actually happened there in the moment, it's always uh, the editor. What story does the editor put together out of the footage that has been collected? And that, when you realize that, that's a huge perspective shift when you're like, oh, this isn't an, a naturally unfolding course of events. No, this is a narrative that's been pieced together by someone I'm not even sure about because it's not the people in front of the camera and it's not even the people behind the camera. It's like the people behind the people behind the camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> Just putting that out there. No, there's a whole, we oh. think it's real game. Um, 
But the second you know that that lens is placed there and you get that perspective shift back to like the producer who is when you are auditioning for these shows, you have to be able to say, like if you're auditioning for a cooking show, you have to be able to make extra wordy statements. Yes. So instead of being like, so how did this taste? You can be like, oh, it was delicious. You have to be like, oh, you know what? The onions were caramelized just perfectly. And the potato was just a little overdone for me. Um, I feel like there was just... All the footage. A, a, footage. You just have to be able to go on and on and on and on and on. And they will even instruct you of, of like, uh, say the reason that this meant something to me was, and finish that statement. Mm -hmm. They will literally lead you through that. Yes, they will. And those parts at the end or in between takes that are of the live scene happening, the part where they're talking about what's happening behind what is a green screen. Mm -hmm. You maybe don't even realize it's a green screen. They're watching footage. Everyone on a reality show is required to spend time in a confessional booth sometimes is what it's called. Or like... Like pulled off to the side and interviewed. They're, and, they're oh, pulled off to the side and interviewed so while miserable. being showed footage from the day and being like so talk about what was going on for you here mm -hmm. and like we weren't shown footage but like we would get snatched out of a moment and pulled to the side and interviewed like so what was that and you're like what <laughs> so the point of bringing all this in is just to make sure we have a sort of delineated line between using social media to be real with your audience and be honest and bring them in with you on a ride versus fully contriving a ride and taking your audience on a roller coaster unbeknownst to them. Yeah. Right? There's two things happening on social media and it's really easy to see those showboats out there being showy. And it's going to take a lot longer for us to get the kind of attention if we ever get the kind of attention that fucking Jake Paul gets. Yeah. Or MTV in general. And I'm, I'm just... okay with that? Different demographics. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Like you, you, dear listener. You are who we are talking to. And there are honestly fewer of you that listeners that are for here for us and not here for the general showboaty awesome stuff that's out there. You know, the over awesome. Yeah, and that's cool. We love you. Thank you for hanging out with us. So, I think this is our first segment, are we? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. And we're back. We are back for the business. The business. Business. I have numbers. And I have numbers that are, like, so good, it's boring. <laughs> And we're going to change the game. <laughs> we're going to adjust the perspective on mm. our numbers because the numbers, like after it's like 10 a day consistently enough for us to have 300 plus a month, it's just like, okay, you know, now let's go to monthly instead of this weekly update stuff. And just for the quick historical perspective on this, last year we put out 24 episodes and it took us about that long to get up to around 150 downloads a month. And then with this new podcast we have it took us till uh, about three months till april to get back up to that 150 and may june and july have all hit that 300 plus so thank you for listening 
This is fucking awesome. Hi, y'all. We're going to keep doing this. Um, but we're going to do the number report just once a month because it doesn't really make sense to be that deep in the minutia. And ultimately, this is what I was talking about with the parts where I was like, I want to know more. But like, it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, and it, the time frame for anything meaningful that that matters is so short that it does make sense that they just don't invest into that kind of infrastructure. Mm. It's like a microscope for a fucking, you know, a jelly mold, you know? Like, you don't need that. You know what's in the jelly mold. <laughs> Even though it would look cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you got? What do I got? What do you uh, got? Um, oh, yeah. I think I talked about this before, but uh, LinkedIn. I have been advised to go on to LinkedIn and... Uh, I have gone on to LinkedIn and I am examining it like, really? Is this really what I should be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one of the things you mentioned was how that's uh, treated like sort of a shopping, not a shopping list, but sort of a, a something. Yeah, like something that I'm looking to speak more. I'm looking mm, to right. get, get out in that sort of way. So treating LinkedIn as sort of a, not a shopping list, but a, this is who I am. These are the topics catalog. that I, yes, catalog. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> uh, the, you know, this is, this yeah, is what's yeah, up. Yeah. This yeah. is what I got. Interested? Mm-hmm. I can go in the depth. Um, you know, this is how to get in touch with me, stuff like that. Exactly. Um, I wound up meeting with a friend at uh, Indeed um, who was like, come talk to me. So I went and talked with, talked with them. And, uh, there was lots of useful advice that pretty much echoed that. It's like setting it up so that it made it easy for people to find me one, find me, um, to see like a snapshot of what I do and what my areas of interest and expertise are. Um, and, if possible, an example of something I would present. Um, and it was that, you know, creating an example that was like, ah. and he was like, well, you're doing this class next month. I said, yeah. And he's like, record it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Okay. Yes. Like pushing all the. Also, you know, we have a thing, right? Your post-capitalism rant. Yes. That needs to be edited for a, a quick like YouTube style video. Mm. We can do like a one minute version for TikTok and uh, something like bigger. something in the eight to 12 minutes for, for YouTube. But yeah, like those kind of uh, things where I'm talking in depth about it. It's like, oh, okay, that's a thing. And it is uh, highly uncomfortable, but necessary. I think I've reached the conclusion that yes, LinkedIn is probably a necessary evil in this case. Um, So that is going to get more attention and more love as this goes on. I don't eat, yeah, I, oh, there's so many things there I need to fix. And he's like, that's okay. It's okay that there are things there that need to be fixed. The part that matters is that you're there and that you're working on it, which again was like, oh yes, that, that whole practice thing like just 
showing keeps up coming and up. come back to it. And then like when you're burnt out, walk away. Don't beat yourself up or break yourself on it. Just back off and then come back again later when you're fresh and add a little bit more. So that's where I am with uh, developing the LinkedIn page. Yeah. Nice. And uh, like picking up more clients. Nice. Um, which is kind of nice because it's... I mean, yeah. I'm picking up clients because they're seeing my work with other people I'm currently working with. And they're like, excuse me, can you uh, um, possibly... Um, I didn't feel stressed before, but suddenly I do. Can you help me as well? <laughs> I most certainly can. Um, and that's, that's where I, um, where I had the realization and I made, I made one post about it. I want to make another one too, <laughs> where nobody, I had the realization, nobody calls me because things are going well. Mm -mm. I get called when people, uh, reach a breaking point or are there's like, a state of emergency happening. There's something an emergency, somewhere. the wheels have fallen off or there's like, there's some realization where they're like, ah, I need outside hands or outside eyes to approach this issue, whatever the issue is. I'm not calling it a problem, it's an issue because it depends on how you're looking at it and depends on what they consider an issue. It may be, it may not be, but I get the call when they're usually like, <gasps> and just out, they've run out of spoons, they are incapable of even just the, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. So that is, and that, I don't want to say that's why I feel tired at the end, because I don't feel tired, but I am aware of exerting a certain kind of uh, emotional energy to ground people when I walk into the room. Like, I am going to impose my will. I am going to impose this sense of well-being and order in the middle of all this because we have to get you chill enough to communicate <laughs> clearly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's that. Like, oh, okay, this is something I'm realizing and understanding about myself. And it's like, no, that, that is a strength. That is a strength. That's a superpower. I'm gonna work with it. That is a strength. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That's a... So my next thing for this is push, mm -hmm. which I have, I have new clients, mm -hmm. which is exciting. Congratulations. I have new clients and old clients. Yes. Um, the person that I threatened to fire oh. has like sort of, I'm hoping I'm actually, is she's actually just going to do the thing. Um, I've given very clear instructions on what I want and we will see what happens. So toppy. Uh, yes. <laughs> and? Um, uh, but it's, it's, again, it's, you know, she doesn't need me. But if she wants to do the thing, like, I, I get this sense that she doesn't really want to do the thing, and that's fine. But, like, going into it, assuming that, that she doesn't want to, um, and, and approaching it in a way where, like, I have been so resistant to receiving her money, partly because I'm pretty sure she's not going to do the thing. Mm. And what I don't want is resentment after the fact mm -hmm. that she didn't do the thing. Because yeah, I know that, that it's is not very, about me. That is a very, very real, like... I know that that's not spot. about me. Yeah. That's about her, if that's uh -huh. what happens. But also, it. I'm not in a position where that's, that's a risk that's worth dealing with. It's not worth me um, putting in the emotional energy of figuring out what my worth is in a dollar 
Mm. Um, and then to have it be, I don't like the way art gets commodified, to be perfectly honest. And as an artist, and I sort of see this work as an, a creative craft, mm -hmm. I don't want to have that craft tied to a dollar amount. And what specifically happened was when I was a DJ in the Bay Area and I was doing my gigs, at some point I did the math and I figured out that I get about $150 an hour to play records and I play approximately, you know, X number of records per hour. Mm. So I should be getting paid X number of dollars per record. And like, unless I was getting those dollars and it was just became this line, like, like when you play in golf and it's the par for this course is X, right? Like I set that as my par and it just fucked me up. And it just added a level of judgment to my work that I didn't need. I want to just be free to um, offer ideas. And on some level, that's fun, but it doesn't really, it exempts me from the market. It exempts me from that rejection. And at a certain point, I have to push myself out of my comfort zone there. Mm. But I think for this one that I'm doing right now, I'm going to keep it and actually just starting to receive money from her because what i have been doing is just like blanketly rejecting it mm -hmm. and i think now i'm just going to be like no i will receive it but i'm not going to tell you what it is you pay me what you want to pay me and that's fine um and from that i can start to get a sense of what the value is okay because then the market is determining value and i can base things off of that i don't really have anything to base it off of except for like totally obviously ego-driven cis men on YouTube that are largely, you know, my gurus for this kind of stuff. I don't like the way they do things. Yeah. Um, that's why we're here. That's exactly why we're here. <laughs> um, like, I like the way that Gary Vee does it because he has different markets. Like, the, the, thing, the thing that we are copying of his here is that we're just providing value for free to an audience and we build trust with this audience because you get to know us. We, mm. we spend time together every week. Yeah. And then eventually in the future, maybe we have some sort of product or service that we've decided that we love. And we're like, dude, this is this cool thing that we're doing. Come check it out. And at some point, maybe some company somewhere is going to come over and be like, hey, you've got an audience that you've curated over this time. We think that your audience would appreciate this product or service. And we will be like, you know what? I don't actually think that that would be a great maybe service that's... for our thing. Or yeah, actually, I think our audience would love that and find great value in your offer there. And we can work um, the, the long tail of it versus trying to get that ad dollar up front realizing that the ad dollar is less important than the audience. And that's what Gary Vee does that's so special is like if, if you look at any other life coach kind of person, the, you know, uh, not Gary Vee, Brains Brains, Oprah, for example, or um, Tony Robbins, you know, <laughs> Tony Robbins is about a half a shake away from a pyramid scheme. <sighs> And it's really disheartening to have like the idea that 
the skills to succeed in life are up behind this fence. And this fence is expensive as fuck to get over. But I swear to God, the shit on the other side of that fence is amazing, y'all. You're going to love that shit. Just mm. give me $30,000. Hell no. Mm-mm. And and even Oprah doesn't even play that game. But that like is genuinely offensive to me. And I don't want to play that game. But I do want to play the like motivational help you with your life game. But there's no reason. I don't need to commodify that part. I don't need to commodify the audience. I can make deals once I've demonstrated that I've built trust with these folks, with you. Once that's been demonstrated, then we can do another thing. So my my next push, oh God, it's so, oh, so weird for me to say out loud. Okay. All right, deep <clears throat> breath. Focus on your butt. Oh God, there it is, pucker. There you oh, go. Okay, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I need to do a solo project because the, the unique perspective that I got last week when I failed to record that was super insightful to me is when I went in to record the summary. And this was the, a similar feeling that happened when I went in to record the book review thing. Mm-hmm. Is it's just I get bored listening to myself at a certain point. And I just don't like it. And I get disassociated in a way that is I am not engaged. And it's like, if I really believe all that shit that I just said about wanting to be like Gary Vee or fucking Tony Robbins, and I gotta, can't take you with me. Yeah. I love you, but I can't take you with me you on gotta, that journey. We're doing different things. You got to do your thing. I have to fucking get over myself yeah, and like, actually I'm... get comfortable with just my voice by myself. Um, So... So look for that coming out. We're going to, uh, I'm hoping putting it out in the airwaves will push me over the edge on. To make it happen. Like just to get me out of my comfort. <laughs> like I felt so uncomfortable recording it. I was just like, oh God, I have to do more of this crap. That's basically what it feels like to me. It's just like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. This is so uncomfortable. Oh, I have to do more of it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's good. Welcome. Welcome to the side. Welcome to life. Yeah. Ah. Like that's that's where I am. That's like, the good stuff. Because the stuff, yeah, like me leaning into the whole like it, doing it live is stuff. Helpful, is, isn't it? Actually, to sort of bring my fucking ego back to like, like I'm just, I'm doing the same thing you are as much as I've had however many iterations checking mics and shit. Like I'm still terrified. Like, fuck. Of listening to myself. If it, any more than 90 seconds. I, and I, that first 90 seconds, I'm gold. <laughs> any longer than that any longer than that and i get to be like uh oh god what did i say already oh should i really does anyone care it just all Why of the brain weasels to start to get uh, up in, what is happening up in fuck ah mm. uh, yes 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 so i feel i'm sorry for all the teasing maybe i maybe i teased you i don't think i should have <laughs> <laughs> oh oh <laughs> da, i mean it's i need to this bleh. Back up, Courtney. This is something I need to do. This sort of pushing myself, having other people push me, that is something that is beneficial. I get that. Even if it's hella uncomfortable in the moment, I can take a step back and go, oh yeah, in the long term, this is where I'm trying to head. So 
I'm gonna have to suck it up and push through the uncomfortable feelings, the anxiety, the doubt, like all of that. And it doesn't mean it goes away. I just have to understand that this is part of the bigger picture. Like it's not all you come out the gate, just an instant success. You have to. That first one is a doozy. Oh, that yeah. first one, when you lose, lose perspective on your worldview and you're like, oh my God, what is like, even happening right what now? What the fuck? It's awful. It, so yeah, like there's teasing. I just kind of accept it. Like, all right, this is part of it. This mm -hmm. is all just part of the puzzle. One of my clients just got to the part of a she just realized the dopamine hits that come from getting the likes on a, or, or, or not just the likes, but a comment. Yeah. Uh, she posted a picture of her dog. Oh. Oh, kitties, doggies, all and babies. The, all the, oh, God. The internet loves them. We yep. love those cute little mammals. Ooh, so, like, large eyes. Um, she's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh -huh. You know what? You, you know what isn't amazing? Rejection at scale. <laughs> that's brutal <laughs> that's yep. the other side of it you know you've got to yeah. knowing that knowing both sides of that that scale that perspective on like when you're on social media and there's a lot of people around mm -hmm. it feels like a lot and when strangers yeah. start talking to you about your dog you're like oh but, oh that dog is cute isn't it but when strangers start talking to you about Things you really don't want strangers talking with you about. Yellow ears, for example. Oh Whatever. my God, really? Really? Go Just find weird. something else, please. Yeah. So like, I'm gonna plug my class. Cause Do the thing. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing, I'm pulling up the details. Yes. Uh, so yes, Wednesday, September 4th, from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at 381 Bush Street. I am going to be speaking. I'm having a class. Uh, it is start at the beginning. It's sort of an overview of getting organized, getting over overwhelm. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that is the thing. We'll uh, have links. Yeah, I'll share a link for that. Um, my mailing list got it first. I was like, you all get it first. Um, but yeah, Cute. that's a thing. Mm, and it is hella uncomfortable even just saying that part like i know it's done it's happening like it's it's in the world and i have the reservation so i'm gonna be there anyway um but it even just saying that is so uncomfortable <laughs> yeah and i clipped it's okay you've been <laughs> clipping a lot i like that the the wave is really nice and big and yeah. we get a little bit more space from the, the mic. So this is totally fine. I'm not worried right. about it. And I think, is that our business section? Yeah, I think that's it. I think I'm spending a teeny, teeny bit more time on LinkedIn. So look for me there in addition to everywhere else. Joining, uh, join I'm joining. Us. I mean, obviously joining I am LinkedIn. the freaking proselytizer for the social media cult. I am. Um, Can't leave any amount. Gotta catch them all. Uh, I have opinions, but I'm just sort of testing them. We'll be back. And we are back. We are here for our Rantifesto. And we are going to talk about perspective. Because that's, Cause that's what our, we're doing. That's what the thing is today. Yeah. So 
the reason one of the other reasons that this brought, was brought up for me is I am reading um, Enlightenment Now by uh, Steven Pinker mm. and I love him so much um, but I also get a little frustrated with that like when you get so far back like, like as humans generally speaking we have a very short attention span no I know you're shocked but what is fascinating for me about writers like Steven Pinker or uh, Malcolm Gladwell or um, what's the other guy? I think it's Thomas Friedman. Uh, they get so far back with their optimism that it looks great. And it's true. There's a lot of really great stuff back there. Like when you really start to look at, you know, 250 years ago, there was literally people dueling in the streets. And there was so much shit in the streets that like they started to make windows that came out so that the shit could pile up against the building and the windows came out past the shit and you didn't have to smell it inside the house. Like that wasn't super long ago in human existence. Hmm. But like the fact that I would say cruelty and fascism is on a correction if I was to use cold economic terms, that things like the rise of Trump, and it's more important to say the, ri the rise of white supremacy. There you go. That is represented by the election of Trump and by at least one of the shootings last week. <laughs> um, like... The ability to keep that distance from reality is a part of what allows us to just check out from getting into the work to fix the problems. So that's not, I don't want to get so far out that I can't, like I want to keep it out so I can keep a perspective to stay optimistic. It's actually really important to keep that for the optimism so I can be like, oh yeah, actually it was like, you know, 60, 70 years ago that as a person born with a vagina, I was effectively the property of my father until I was the property of my husband. Uh -huh. And if I didn't behave to a certain degree, I was absolutely totally okay to be lobotomized to get me in line. That is not a reality I have to deal with. I still have to deal with gender inequity and pay. That's still real. I was still the least paid person in my my office when I before I left the workplace, so it's it's not just a matter of disassociating with perspective, but just the ability to to change your focus into and out of the situation, to be able to take a step back from your own personal pain and see the bigger picture, but don't be so focused on that bigger picture that you lose track of the individual pain that w that is totally being caused by this, I call it correction in cruelty. Mm. That's a very cold way to say cruel. And when you like spend a lot of time with these books that are talking about how great it is right now, like for who exactly? For who, who is the audience and who are things great for? Yeah. All of them, obviously, much older white men who are giving these, old, much older cis white men who are giving these uh, 
perspectives. Not obviously Malcolm Gladwell is black, but on the scale of black, very light-skinned black man. That matters mm -hmm. in his reality. So like, it's really easy to be optimistic and to pretend that there's a trajectory. And he speaks to that a little bit, but not enough that, that I feel like he's ever spent time with women or queer folk. Like really dug into it. Or black folk or a anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's why I think that really talking about perspective is super important because the general public really gets stuck in the pain and minutia of their individual story and can't get out of it to see the bigger picture and largely the people in power making decisions are on this other perspective where they're so distant and so disconnected that they're not making effective decisions. And to give you a sense of there are, in fact, multiple perspectives that yes, your pain in your daily life is real. And also there are systems of oppression that are occurring and existing and proliferating right now. Also, it may be, maybe systems of oppression are currently getting worse. It appears that, you know, when, when the way we communicate changes dramatically, it appears that there are ways that we can become manipulated because we take for granted this connection. And for like, it, it shifts our perspective. The internet shifts our perspective. And the way that the printing press shifted our perspective to bring us the American Revolution and the French Revolution. But also like the television changing our perspective to give us the Nazi party. Like yeah. this is, these shifts are an opening and our response to what comes out of that opening dictates a lot. And it's not guaranteed that it's, it's not, it's not linear. No. So that's what I've been, that's what you've that's been That's the joke. Oh, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that this week. I've actually, just that, yeah. yeah, I've been spending a lot of time not thinking about that. <laughs> I've been actively disconnecting from a lot of uh, news and information, uh, mostly for my own sanity, just to stay back because it is easy for me to get sucked into like, oh, I need to stay up to date and there's this shooting, 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 shooting. Um, but staying up to date with that kind of sucks me down the hole so that everything is oh, how do I phrase it like a manufactured now yeah I can uh, see that when you're staying up to date in the present moment but it's not your present moment it's not your trauma it's not yeah and that that's something I become aware of and actively disconnect and push away from so when there are these upticks on a broader level. I back off, I withdraw. I guess that might be part of why I've been a hot mess this week. Um, but there is also that awareness that there is that kind of uh, perspective shift um, where I need to 
stay connected to my now versus the broader now. Um, and in that, stay connected with, um, this is going to sound fluffy. And I kind of want to put a disclaimer around it, or I'll come back to the disclaimer part. But I want to stay. You're supposed to go first. I'm just going to edit it back to the front. Eh, fuck it. Um, but no, I want to stay connected with my joy. Um, and find things both on the broader scale, where you know, like running water, something you can't necessarily take for granted in the United States. Ah, it's so you know, awesome. potable water—that's a thing. But we have it in our house. I appreciate that. That's kind of awesome. Um, live in the future. I know. Well, but do we? Yes. Well, we live in somebody's past. I, I mean, mean, that's yeah. true too. But I literally <laughs> just took off my Dick Tracy watch because I was getting too many notifications from Twitter right now. Yeah. Like the future <laughs> is, I it's yeah futuristic at least. Yeah. But like there are things like that that I'm appreciative of, but also just staying connected with things that bring me joy. Puppies, babies, kittens. Yeah, like the kitty, kitty, kitty. Yeah, it's. Those are things that are very uh, micro as opposed to macro. Sure. Um, but that kind of moderating that shift back and forth and finding, like cherry picking all of the things out of that that bring me joy or bring me gratitude, or bring me appreciation, um, have been helping keep me on somewhat of an even keel lately. Um, actively playing with that pursuit like smacking things around, uh, actively playing with that perspective shift um, to not get bogged down. And the second I feel myself get bogged down, I can feel it. It's like our text in the never ending story. I mean, it's like, yeah, you you know that scene. I do. Uh -huh. No, you can, like, I feel it. And like when I start to feel it, it's like, okay, pull out, pull in, whatever I have to do in order to correct, course correct, um, in order to stay functioning. But the, the disclaimer I was going to, put on it um was that sort of owning my life experience in the broader term in the 30,000 foot view um and understanding that that kind of colors a lot of my approach to it where it's the the world is an unjust place you know nobody owes me a just anything mm -hmm. um that doesn't make it fair it doesn't make it right but that's it's just often fucked up that's just the reality like the, a clear-eyed understanding it. of this is where the world is and this is where i am in that broader picture um understanding how fucked that is for me as a black woman i remember consciously as a child making a choice there are beautiful things in the world and I have to see them in order to make it through. I have to understand that there is beauty and I have to understand that my connection to that is going to, going to save me. Um, and that's not a perspective that's shared mm -mm. broadly. Um, and I do think that that perspective is a is a deliberate result of who i am at this moment in time in the broader picture um 
so yeah, I do say that joy is important, pleasure is important, beauty is important. Breaks. Um, you know, kindness, breaks, all these things. And like the thing that I posted yesterday, not pretty, beauty. You know, mm. not nice, kind, like that deeper soul level kind of connection and understanding to things that are, I'm going to say right and true. Mm-hmm. The things that you feel, but like when you but feel it in your when body. When you feel it. Yeah. The things that stop you from sinking in the swamp of despair. Like, yeah. So our text could have used some of that. Mm-hmm. He totally could. Like a butthole tucker. A little, a little butthole tucker. Just a little. And it. Make it real. I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying these things as a denial of the shit that we're in right now. Because we're up to our necks in it. There's no denying that. But you got you gotta you gotta fight and you gotta keep going at the very least you have to leave enough <laughs> to where you can keep breathing i'm like putting my uh, hand up to my neck, neck right like you if know, you want to get gotta... bogged down to your neck which is i'll be honest it's, it's what i do um and and i will oh, I, yeah i'm not yeah when i i get into the news about it and i get I get sort of deep into the news about it where I don't just look at the the liberal side of things. I will go to Breitbart. I will go to Fox News and just look at what the counter narrative is. I'm not going to be willing to look at one side and not look at the other. Now, I don't actually believe one side and that's fair. Mm-hmm. I'm at least aware of that. Um, but I don't think... I don't think there's anything valuable in staying in a silo about it. And what I do think is really helpful about it is when you're only looking at one side, every time anything eventful happens, say like a giant, say a shooting or whatever, um, our side, I, I say in quotes, like the left side gets super excited about anything that happens. And, and, and if you're reading the counterpoints, you wouldn't be very excited about everything because they've got PR geniuses running everything. And there's always a counter narrative that just makes sense to people. And it's bizarre, but it also helps temper that like, uh, there's a way that the news is meant to excite and get us in that rah-rah place about whatever it is our opinion is. And when you actually look at both of them, it really like it totally disarms that and you're like oh this is it's that kind of game oh crap this might as well be football or the real world or or could the contrived reality tv shit like it's all so deeply contrived um and so most of the time i can at least be like oh it's just a bunch of children running our country fine um, and I get a kind of cynical whatever, you know, about it. Sometimes I get deeply existential and then I have to be like, okay, objects in the room, objects in the room. There are objects in in this room. <laughs> and and I can recover pr- pretty quickly. But I, th- I, I, I am sort of a sadist maybe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe masochist is the right word. 
The self-flagellating ones? Yes. Yeah, that one. That, that, that's, that, that's the one. Um, where I'm just like, no, I, I really think it's important. Um, I really believe it's important, especially as a, a white person, to be informed. And to the degree that my mental health will allow, I stay informed. Um, but it's like I said, and maintaining that perspective of both sides that we're playing this really weird game of heads and tails right now in our political system in this country. And it isn't actually about the people that are in the country. It's about a bunch of people in control wanting to keep control. And like they don't give any fucks about the outcomes very clearly for actual people. And the second we start to actually give a fuck about the outcomes for actual people, we will make different decisions. Meanwhile, drama from 45, he can't take heat from anything because as soon as he starts taking heat, he says something racist and terrible and we have to talk about whether or not he's racist and terrible in addition to, you know, doing like it's just the, it's the, a given i mean the, i'm sorry that part's a given the <laughs> point the point is is that it's a show either mm. way yes what we're given right now is a show and the perspective shift is when it starts to get extra real when reality tv starts to look a little too real you know it's bullshit right so like the point is to keep it real and to keep an understanding to keep a bit of temperance on where the show is and like when it gets you a little too excited, take a, t take a step back and be like, huh, what's the broader impact here? What's the larger show? Not just that one thing that, you know, my feed has me blasted on as this is viral. You need to know this kind of thing. Step back. Step back. Disconnect. Shift focus. <laughs> Feel your body. Oh, God. In the future, Ugh. your body's really going to be the only thing to tell you what's real and fake at a certain point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and the, I mean, the racism is real. But, like, that's there. Yes. <laughs> but in honor of, I don't want to say in honor of Toni Morrison, but she died yesterday. This is being recorded Memorial on Memorial of. Wednesday, but in acknowledgement there it is. of that sounds so nice. many things that she has said that are just on point. And for real, if you're not familiar with her, Google her, like look her up, go to your library, find out about her because she was, is wise, like wise, wise, wise. Um, and a quote that I have that kind of speaks to this whole freaking situation uh, is specifically about racism and what it does. The very serious function of racism is distraction. That's it in a nutshell. Like there's something else that should be going on and racism is a distraction. That's my voice, not hers. It keeps you from doing your work. It keeps you explaining over and over again your reason for being. Somebody says you have no language, so you spend 20 years proving that you do. Someone says your head isn't shaped properly, so you have scientists working on the fact that it is. Somebody says that you have no art, so you dredge that up. Somebody says that you have no kingdom, so you dredge that up. 
None of that is necessary. So, like, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, how many other things could we be doing if we weren't having to go over and over again? Like, is this person racist? Is it just, it, it is, it's, it, it's there. We could stay talking about whatever we were talking about before. We're talking about the racist thing. Yeah. That'd be cool. Mm. The eye on the ball thing. Mm. Like, so how that's many sort of, other things could we be doing? That's sort of where I would love to leave you with some understanding of how to navigate what's happening right now. How to take care of yourself and where is your perspective? Have you thought about it? And start with that, like, if it's overwhelming, I swear to God, just start with that butthole pucker. It's the best. <laughs> the toe wiggles. I mean, it, it's true. But yeah, like staying, staying focused on what feels right and true for yourself. Staying connected with the things that feed you. To the degree that you get that choice. Because some of us don't. It's true. But um, I just wanted to close again with thank you to your audience for listening us listening to us and hearing our perspective yeah and um listening to us for maybe 20 times and um yeah yeah if you have any fun stories about shifts in your perspective that you would like to share with us please do at the kindness econ at, at gmail.com gmail um and you can find me i am bonus parent baba on the internets all over the place and i am c king solutions that is the letter c k-i-n-g solutions.com twitter instagram like linkedin all that. linkedin oh god yeah i gotta make that happen too um so, so yeah please take excellent care of yourself and the people and the world around you yeah go go bring some beauty into somebody's life today i'll see you in the future Before we do the thing let's do the thing just do this other thing real quick this this tarot card thing yeah um the cat wasn't even paying attention until we like like turned record on on the camera and then the and cat's like hi kitty like, hey hello let me meow kitty at wants you. to say hi um she was napping quite happily <laughs> ah i'm doing the poll this you week. do the poll okay well you didn't get your moment of fame because it was, the, the, I'm sorry, audience. Dear audience, I'm sorry about that again. Okay. All right. Ready for the reveal? Yes. Bam. Oh, that is graphic. Oh. Oh. That is graphic. Um, which, okay. What is that? Is Cruelty. It, ooh. Which, oh, uh, it's, which element, is that air? 
see i know it's a picture of a mouse it's a mouse it's tasty huh <laughs> it's a mouse with all of its open parts that's water um all right this is going to be edited and that's okay we live in the future that's how this goes we do live in the future we're gonna have to like mark this thing up so that it's easier to go through mm -hmm. which is fine that's i don't mind that at it's, all we're getting acquainted with it yeah that's how all this goes Nine of air, cruelty. I was right. Okay. Air. Here Look we go. That. Would you like to read it? Where do we have nine of air? Mm -hmm. Nine of air is cruelty. Correspondences are Mars in Gemini. The keywords ah, showing to the camera. Keywords are positive, <laughs> nightmares, guilt, irrational fear, shame, terror, misery, hatred, despair, suffering. Negatives, <laughs> overthinking, paranoia, being trapped in a codependent relationship, self-harm, meaning we repress, project, regress, we punish ourselves or others. In short, we display all of the typical defense mechanisms of a deeply wounded psyche. If we pull this card, the message is difficult, but we cannot sidestep our fear, shame, and misery. Exploring the card. This card emphasizes the cruel and destructive aspects of a rate ratio asserting itself irrespective of the suffering and needs of others in the image of a dissected rat. Cutting something apart will allow you to learn about the internal makeup of the animal, and the insights may even allow you to do some good, but you sacrifice something in the process. That's hard. Yeah. I knew we were going to have a hard card eventually. Well... Here it is. Well, so today we're talking about perspective. <clears throat> yeah. Damn. Yeah. So um, that's a thing. Yeah, that's hard. So, what do you think? Ready to get started? Yeah. Let's do it. 